wherever you are, if you're not feeling valued, if you've been treated like a number, etc., then maybe it's time to just take a look. There are very different propositions. Everyone takes, they have to take some money from somewhere because it's not charitable. And they take it in one way or another and some of them are very complex and difficult to get your head around. Some of them are very simple, but it's what's right for you. Inside looking out is very different from the outside looking in. And I was speaking to firms and saying, we're leaving this firm, we've had enough, we're not being paid, we're gonna go here. And I was saying, I can understand you wanting to leave, but don't go there. This week, I'm talking to Paul Day, founder of Network Consulting, an independent firm helping advisors and financial advice firms to find the right support provider for them. There's been a lot of change in the network and national space recently, so it seemed like the perfect time to share my conversation with Paul with you. In this episode, we'll explore what to do first if you're looking for a new firm, network or service provider, the timescales to prepare for with a move, what to look out for in contracts, and how restrictive covenants aren't as enforceable as you'd think. We also touch on what support is out there for you. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Paul. How are you doing, Ben? Good I'm good, thanks. You. I'm good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm pleased to be here, Ben. Thank you. So, um, for those who don't know, tell us a bit about network consulting. Well, in, in summary, it's a, it is a business consultancy specifically for financial financial advisors and mortgage advisors. If they're looking to make a change, what service provisions available to them, be that DA, be a network, if it's just an advisor trying to find a new home, sifting through the marketplace and helping them find the right um, service or, or network that fits their requirements rather than being told the other way around. And I suppose that's such an important area for advisors of having the right support. And I've, well, certainly in my experience, it seems that many advisors kind of fall into the support provider they're with, be yeah. it a national or a network or whatever. What one hundred percent? And and the thing is, though, if it often they try and squeeze themselves into the provision that they're in rather than taking a step back and thinking, what's my long-term goal? Where do I want to be? And if you look at it that way, you can find the right service that's going to help you on your journey and your final destination. So sometimes it is better just to take that step back, ask yourself what you really want, what you don't want, what you want to compromise on, and ultimately what your end destination is. And the service provision can fall around that because if, if you're getting the wrong provider, network, or using the wrong service provision, sometimes it can be very difficult to make a change after the fact. And if you're in a bad marriage, it's better to sever that marriage early on and start fresh rather than just putting up throughout the way. So yeah, you're absolutely right. So important, but do it early, as early as you can. And do you think that a lot of people are in the wrong place? Good question. I, that's probably a very subjective question. Often, and, I, and you'll know this, Ben, the, the, often when people do make a final decision to go, it's more of a push factor. So it's them, it's down to them. And the push factor, rather than being a a draw factor or a pull factor from anywhere else and saying this is good, that's good or the other. The ultimate catalyst in the whole situation is the push factor. They've been micromanaged, there's too much of a take, 
is too restrictive, there's certain features that they don't like, and ultimately for a firm, the, the, it can be any number of things that, that makes the push factor. It'll be something that the principal or where they currently are that makes that, fa that, that final um, straw on the camel's back, as it were, the proverbial straw. Do you find there are many people that kind of have a, a pull factor to leave? They want to go because oh, there's, they, there's better. Oh yeah, because every every recruiter, every network, every service provider will tell you their best. So there often is, in the same way, best come and look at the how green the grass is outside of the fence, and it's it's more the detail of what what's not said than what is said. So yeah, there are and there's some fantastic propositions, some really good propositions out there. And this is the thing: if you wherever you are. If you're not feeling valued, if you've been treated like a number, etc., then maybe it's time to just take a look, have a look over the fence, so you know what it looks like, rather than someone saying, rather than someone coming to you and saying, "Look how shiny this is, look how nice this is." You just take some proper consultancy on it, or speak to some advisors that are already within that, just to get a feel of what they feel. Inside looking out is very different from the outside looking in. I think it's very important to get a feel, um, and, and don't just speak to one, speak to one, speak to two or three, um, to get a feel for it. Paul talks a lot about finding what's right for your business, but I think that can be pretty difficult. So I ask him, is that why you started network consulting? Long story short, Ben, I set up a business like this many years ago because there were at the time this is just post uh, credit crunch and there were lots of people moving there were a lot of volatility in the marketplace a lot of people scared and they were saying and i was speaking to firms and they said we're leaving this firm we've had enough we're not being paid we're going to go here and i was saying i can understand you wanting to leave but don't go there frying pan and fire if you're going to look at these three and then I just did a bit of research and there was nothing there to help people. And there was a light bulb moment from then. There, there is a market for people that just need that guidance rather than listening to everyone telling you that they're best. Because that's what you get, right? If, if you go and talk to the recruiters in any organization, yeah. they'll tell you they're the best. Absolutely, and you know what? Again, there are some fantastic recruiters out there that work really well and they give some business consultancy. Um, equally, there are recruiters that won't give you the full story and perhaps not, you're not asking the questions that unearths some of the things that you really need for your business. I did ask Paul if he'd name some names, but he's a clever guy. He just said advisors should get in touch and he'll tell them the full story. Next, I asked Paul, for an individual or a firm who are thinking about moving, what's the first thing that they should do? What I really want to boil down is, what, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in three, five, ten years time? What's the ultimate goal? There are plenty of routes to get there, but you need to ask yourself, what, do I, what are my non-negotiables? What do I need to have? no matter what, what do I definitely not want? There might, there might not be anything and where you are prepared to compromise. And if you get those things, that gives you a good foundation of to think, right, what, 
what does fit for me, what is right for me, etc. And then you can that helps you sift whether you use an independent service or not. That helps you sift through to the nuggets that are for you, the the, the services that are for you, and don't just talk to one provider. If if you want to do it yourself, pick two or three and have a conversation with them. But again, that can take you a week's worth of your time in doing that. Be prepared to put some time in it, into it. It's, um, it's an important move and it's better to do it once than have to do it multiple times. When I ran recruitment at a network, it was vital to understand a firm's business model to look at their trajectory. But most firms didn't have a business plan. So I got Paul's take on that. A lot of people can shy away from it. And it doesn't need to be massive. It's just what, what, where your client's going to come from, a bit about you, what's going to, what you differentiate, how are you going to market yourself, what your target market is, do you want to specialise in anything? And it doesn't need to be massive. And obviously you've got to be looking at your cash flow and so on and, and plan that out. But that's just it, it, it kind of, I wouldn't say common sense, but it's just having a bit of business acumen to say, okay, what is it going to cost me to do this? But it doesn't need to be much. But if nothing else, it makes you think about your business, where you want to be, and it crystallises it. It gives, it puts, it brings it to life because you're starting to think about the things that matter to you. Where am I going to get the clients from? How am I going to approach introducers? Or how, what's my charging structure going to look like? All those different things, and, it, and it's, it, it's very important. It is important. Different story if you're talking about, about going DA, Again, if you go onto the FCA website, it tells you exactly what they're looking for, headed, and what you need to fit in. So again, you just go on there, apply to be directly authorised, and click on mortgage and protection, or whatever it is you want to be, and it tells you what, what's there. So there's, the FCA are very helpful, actually. And again, I've spoke to lots of people that thought about going DA, and they speak to the FCA, and they have been really helpful to them. As part of his service, Paul often spends time coaching firms through creating a business plan so they don't spend hours making something which is not what their service provider wants. I hope you're finding my conversation with Paul as interesting and as informative as I did. But I'd like to ask for 30 seconds of your time to tell you about today's sponsor, which is Change Squared. We're a consultancy firm helping businesses across financial services become more effective and efficient through better processes and use of technology. We also help firms through periods of change, creating an environment that brings employees and customers with you on your journey. To find out more or get in touch, go to changesquared.com. Thank you if you're already subscribed to the podcast. If you're not, please hit that subscribe button. It makes more of a difference than you can possibly imagine. Now let's get back to the show. Recruiters normally give best case scenario in terms of timescales, but often it takes a lot longer than they say for the process to complete. This can leave firms seriously short on cash flow if they haven't planned properly. So I dive in with Paul to talk about what timescales individuals and firms can expect when moving service provider. So let's 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 talk turkey in on time. So if, if I'm a, an RI, yep. 
So I'm an, I'm an advisor within an appointed representative business and I want to move to a different appointed representative business. Yeah. From my last payment coming in to my first payment coming in. Yeah. How long should I be planning you, for? Well, you see, I, I, I would say you, you would be better off, again, I'm, and I'm being realistic and I'm erring on the side of caution in saying this, I'd say pl prepare for three months. If you're an advisor and you want to become an appointed representative, again, there is some level of threshold condition you've got. To, and again, I speak to advisors that are effectively running the firm that they're in, so they've got experience. A new network won't just is not like it was previously, where you could go, I'm an advisor, I want to set my own business, I'm going to be an appointed representative. There is a certain level of threshold competencies that you have got, because we're in a different environment, you've got senior managers regime, you've got AR regime that's coming, but it's still possible. That is, it's a quicker journey. Again, that can be weeks, but again, prepare for three months. And then ARTR, ARTR can be a little bit longer, I'd say three to five, but again, it can be aided by doing things in the background when you're making that move. And then maybe if you're going, going full circle on this, if you're going AR to um, DA, six to nine months. Six to nine months on of... the process. Now okay. the thing is, again, you, it depends on your current principle because obviously you've got to do. You, you're going to have to put your your applications into the FCA. And again, this is where a good service provider helps with the whole application mm. process. The more you do, the more preparation you've got, the easier and the shorter that time frame will be. Some of the some of the networks, if you're an appointed representative, do have a, a DA function. And that transition is far easier when they have got a DA support function than it is if they haven't, because there can be barriers. There's always hurdles when, in a regulatory environment, there are hurdles when you make a transition from RI to AR to DA, so on. But sometimes there are barriers put into whichever home you are in. So if, if you are going, the ultimate goal is to go DA, I would say try and choose a proposition that may well have a DA support function that allows you to do that at a later stage. In my experience, people pay far too little attention to the contracts they're signing. So I asked Paul what are the most important things to be aware of before signing a contract with the service provider. Oh gosh, see, seek independent legal advice. <laughs> Caveats again, Paul. <laughs> okay. No, no, I would say, the, Again, it's what's what's important to you. Um, the, a lot of a lot of advisors get a little bit tied up with all oh, the client ownership. Who's the client? Let's be real about this. Client ownership. The network. Let's take a network as an example. They have to have some provision in case something happens to the advisor, and that ad, that client cannot be serviced. They need the ability to hand the baton the client to someone else to ensure that the client gets a good journey. So often that's why there is some, but let's face facts with this. If you speak to a client, who's my advisor? They'll say Ben Wright. They want to change squared. They'll say Ben Wright is my advisor. And they won't say whatever network it is behind them. So there's the relationship. And that's, so who's the, who's the, who's the client ownership? Who are they gonna pick the phone up to? And they're gonna be picking up the phone up. And that's the thing is that, but again, with the contracts, some of those, particularly in the nationals, who have a right, if they supplied the client, they have a right to say that's client's ours. Just look at it, look at that. So client ownership, exit close, um, 
uh, and obviously your financials. Make sure the financials are right. And for new advising start new starters, get the parameters of what CAS means. You don't want to be strung along and goalpost change. Do you need three cases? Do you need five cases? What grading do they need to be? Is it a volume based? Get that because again, number of clients that get strung along with the cast, so you've not done it, but I've done five cases. So get that as well. So understand what, what, what target you're aiming for. Client ownership can be a thorny subject and I have heard of firms going after ex-advisors who have taken clients with them. So I get Paul's take on this. I am aware that they have. Um, I'm also aware of restricted covenants saying that you can't advise within 50 miles of where you are now. It's not enforceable. It's just you go to any legal thing that won't be. See legal in, independent legal advice, but, but they... Um, it's just it's just anti-competitive and so on. But it's, the, it's something about restriction on earnings, isn't it? That that that's the the counter argument to restrictive covenant is if I can't do that, then yeah. I can't earn a living. Exactly it. Exactly. Which, which is point. why it's not enforceable. Yeah. And but the but the um, uh, I've not I'm aware of it going off, but I've not had any first-hand experience of it. What's become apparent from my conversation with Paul is how many variables you have to take into account when thinking about moving networks. Imagine Googling investment network or mortgage network and getting 50, 60 results. The question is where to start. So I asked Paul just that. So what's the, what's the easiest way to cut through the mess and just get to an actual <laughs> place? You're looking at it then. <laughs> no, seriously. The, the, I, I can help people. I think it sounds like a sales pitch, but genuinely, this is why I set the business up, because there was nobody else that did it. Just to say how I work, what I would do is, is find out their exact requirements, what they do and what they do on, and then I'll be able to match specifically. I'll say, well, this one, I'll look at the financials. Making a decision purely on financials, I think is a little bit dangerous, because the culture might not be right for you. And it is, again, it, there's both object ob objectivity in this and the subjectivity. It's the feel and the the um, ethos of the net, of the network or proposition that there is there. So, as, uh, as my regular listeners will know, at the end of every episode, we have a quick-fire question round. Oh, God. <laughs> to find out a bit more about the person that we're talking to. Right, okay. So, are you ready, Paul, for your quick-fire questions? Yes, I am. Okay. What motivates you? Helping people. Genuinely does. It's making a difference to a, a person or if they're making... Helping people. It does drive me. always has done. What's your favourite thing to do at the weekend? Cycling. There you go, the picture there. And spending time with the family and my wife, of course. <laughs> it's okay, she won't be listening. <laughs> Cycling is. Yeah. What's something you've always wanted to do, but haven't yet had the chance to do? Oh gosh. How long have you got? Oh, there's so many things, there's so many places I'd like to visit. 
South Africa, never been to Rome, want to go to Rome. Um, I want to cycle up Vontu and Tomale. I want to go cycling, never done Italy. Twice I've tried to get to Italy, never got to Italy. Um, pandemic, uh, the cruise boat. There's so many different things, man. I could fill four lifetimes. And mostly around travel? Um, no, 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 no. There's, there's, there's loads of things with the kids that I, I want to do. I want to take them to a, to a, a, a big gig. Um, both off to university, one's at university, there's so many, Ben. Do you know what? There's so many different things. What's something you've changed your mind about in the last year? Well, considering that I've just set this business up, I I'd say that is, is just grasping the nettle. What's the most important life lesson that you've learned? Oh gosh. Something that I say to my kids, I do say to my kids since they, since the primary school, and I still say now, is be good and try hard. And it's about the effort that you put in. And it's not about attainment. I mean, fortunately my kids are doing exceptionally well, but it's effort. Everything is about effort. And that, you can have you can have good days, you can have bad days, and so on. But if you can just make a difference, whatever whatever situation, take a positive step, you will you just keep going, and you'll get. What's the saying? Was it said recently? If you're going through hell, keep going. It's Churchill, I believe. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You're going through hell, keep going. It was Churchill. You're right. And last but not least, what's the one piece of advice you give your ten-year-old self? <laughs> I mean, just said what I've said is try harder. <laughs> try harder at school. Yeah, 100%. I'd say, yeah, because it's important. Yeah, I'd say put more effort in at an earlier stage. <laughs> Good question. Uh, amazing. Well, thank you ever so much, Paul, for, uh, for coming on the show. No, well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been good. Enjoyed it. If you're looking for a new home or you're not sure if your existing service provider will give you the support you need, it will be well worth the conversation with Paul. It's currently completely free. You can get in touch via his website or via LinkedIn. Links to both will be in the episode notes. That's it for this episode. I hope you found it incredibly useful. If you've been forced to look for a new home, or you're doing so out of choice. Thank you for listening, and as always, I'll catch you in the next one.